everybody. Welcome to another episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse. I'm Andrew. And we had so much fun last week talking about that Zac Efron movie and giving our critique and talking about what was real, what was accurate, and what wasn't. We decided it wasn't, to do... It wasn't a high school musical, though. No. <laughs> nothing's, like nothing's inaccurate about that movie. No. Uh, we decided to change gears and talk about another legal movie that one is one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, Andrew, is it yours? Yes. We're talking, of yeah. course, about a few good men. You can't handle the truth. You Come on. You're goddamn right I am. He, what <laughs> accent is that? All right. So we're going to review this movie, but also we're going to tell you more importantly, is it accurate? Is it legally accurate? That's the big question. We're going to break it all down. Uh, first, just to let you know what the movie is, give you a little quick summary. Uh, it's about these two Marines who sneak into another Marine's room. They stuff a rag down his mouth in the middle of the night. They tape his mouth shut. And he ends up dying in, like, the worst hazing ritual of all time. They go on trial for murder and other charges. And baby Tom Cruise, very young Tom Cruise, vibrant Tom Cruise, is a lieutenant in the Navy. He's assigned to be the head lawyer defending them, of course, obviously. And his co-counsel is, I mean, 1992 drop-dead gorgeous Demi Moore and also Kevin Pollack who's an underrated, terrific actor, by the way. Uh, and they're able, throughout the course of this movie, to show that these men were ordered to attack but not kill this Marine named Santiago through a chain of command that goes all the way up to the Joker, Jack Nicholson, who's the Guantanamo Bay base commander. He's arrested in a dramatic fashion. Like, I wish we saw that on Law and Crime. It would be great to show that. Uh, these two Marines are found not guilty of murder in the end, but they are found guilty of something called Conduct unbecoming a Marine, which is not even a real charge. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And they're dishonorably discharged from the military. Wow. And that's it for our podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs> so what do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? I I think – I don't think it's as high as I would have imagined. I'm going to give it 72%. A dec decent guess. So 80, 82%. That's fair. I would have given it 95% because I absolutely love this movie. This movie made me want to be a lawyer. I think I think it inspired me, too, to become a lawyer. I mean, this is what you imagine when you, you want to go to law school, like being a trial lawyer, going to court, like screaming at the at the, at the witness yeah. and you know, winning your case. You thought you were Tom Cruise. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wanted to be Tom Cruise. I mean, this was a good set of circumstances for him because it was coming off of really big movies. Like, at the time, in 1992, this was a great move from This was in a line of succession of great films. Color of Money, Top Gun, Rain Man, Cocktail. I love that movie. Uh, Days of Thunder, and then, bam, A Few Good Men. I'm skipping Born on Fourth of July because that was a weird one. But this is this is just cementing him as even more of a superstar. Where, where, where do you think this one ranks amongst those? I think this is his last great non-action film. Think about that. Vanilla Sky? I'm every time I watch that movie I want to cry. <laughs> I want to shoot myself. Well, My gosh, why um, don't I just give up on life after that movie? I'm trying to think what else. Um, Lions for Lambs? <laughs> yeah, not, not, <laughs> that's probably the worst one out of them. Oh, that's bad. Um the rest were probably action. Tropic Thunder? That was hilarious, but it wasn't he wasn't the star of it. Night and Day, those action. I'm still saying The Firm is more action than this. Yeah, the firm's not night. Every uh, all, every movie he's done is really action. This is oh the Jerry Maguire. Ooh. Oh come on, yeah Jerry Maguire probably has to. All right, I'm it. wrong. Yeah. This is his second to last great non-action movie. Yeah, uh, I love it. I mean, I really think it was fantastic. And by the way, last time he really looked 
what not last time, but what I think is great, he looked like a 30-year-old young Tom Cruise. Now he looks like a 30-year-old Tom Cruise that's really 56 years old, and I don't know how he does it, but there when he was young 1992 Tom Cruise, I knew what he looked like. Yeah. I knew what he stood and for. And I also, Aaron Sorkin, who who wrote this movie and also wrote the play, which, which the movie is based on, is my is my favorite screenwriter. He, his his screenwriting is very detectable. It's very fast paced, very punchy. He wrote The West Wing. He he wrote uh, the the American President, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, that is a good movie. Yeah, and he wrote The Social Network, but a bunch of different hits. Your dad loves Aaron Sorkin. He does. Well, we talk about it like twenty four seven. So I know your dad was a little upset. That we didn't have the Including Father's Day <laughs> episode. He would have he would have loved this episode too because he loves Aaron Sorkin and he loves this movie. So I'm sorry, Dad. Happy Father's Day, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time. Uh, now you we were researching this first thing to talk about in terms of it's accurate. Would you say it's based on true events? Well, it's 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 supposed to somewhat be based on true events. Aaron Sorkin says like no, like we it diverged a lot, but apparently it was based on a true story of a of a marine that was hazed like uh, Santiago in this movie uh, during an attack, like a, something that was similar to a Code Red. By the way, I love saying Code Red. I I think I read <laughs> something that they say it so many times in the movie that yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. it's almost like the way they say. Uh, every kind of curse word in Goodfellas, thousands of times I say Code Red. Right. Yeah, apparently his sister was in the Navy JAG Corps. She told him this story about it, and he got this inspiration. Now, the, the person in real life didn't die. No, no, he he, he didn't die. He was he was injured, his, but his lungs filled up with water, but he survived the attack. And a bunch of Marines were charged with crimes uh, following, following that Code Red. So David Cox, the real-life Marine who this was about, also ended up getting acquitted. Um, like the Marines in the in the movie, but a couple years later he mysteriously died. And people don't know why or how. Yeah, he disappears from his home. Yeah. He's found later on murdered, like I think execution style. Nobody knows what happened, and it was eerie because if I remember correctly, didn't he sue the production company for a few good men for defamation? Yeah, Castle Rock Entertainment. He sued them for defamation after the movie was released. He, I guess, he didn't like that they were kind of portraying him in a way they changed the names that it was the, the marines in the movie were not named david cox right. but, but the story's so similar i guess the story was similar enough that he had a he had a problem and he with just it. that's weird mm. yeah what are you thinking i mean i don't know I, don't say I, I, I think i mean this is total hypothesis this is an opinion um but with the like somebody in the military come after him i would imagine yeah mm. you know it's like an episode of the punisher right. uh anyway so that's frightening. But as we move on, um, you know, so that's what this, the movie's based upon. Yeah. But then we get into the actual movie. And first thing that I, I'd like to address is the fact that Tom Cruise is assigned to be the lead counsel in a murder case. In, in This would never happen. This is a guy who graduated law school like a year ago, was only in the military for like nine months. He was a junior lieutenant, and he's his co-counsel's Demi Moore, who's a lieutenant commander. She served for like eight years. She should have been lead counsel, not him. But, of course, they have Tom Cruise be the lead counsel. Such a rookie, 20-something-year-old guy. This would never have happened. No, usually in the JAG, which is like what this, you know, what, what Tom Cruise was a part of, a lawyer in the military, that you would need years of experience 
um, first of all, probably prosecuting these type of cases because they usually have the attorneys prosecute before they start defending, since there's much higher risk for a, for a you know a defendant that he's going to lose his freedom with someone who's inexperienced. So they have you prosecute cases first, and then once you have that experience, they probably put you as like a secondary on a on a, on a murder trial. You won't even start out as like the primary lawyer on it. Of course. Yeah. And by the way, he's way too good. He's way too good of a lawyer, way too cocky, way too calm about the whole thing. You know what I, you know what I love? When what? he's like practicing and preparing for the for the trial and he's got his baseball bat and he's yeah. like going around. And yeah. Swinging. I want to do that. Yeah. Let yeah. me say, I love the character. This yeah. kind of guy that seems sort of aloof and yeah. kind of like doesn't care. Drinks yoo-hoos. Yeah. He seems like too cool for everything, making jokes, wisecracks, but he's really a genius. Yes. I love that kind of character. We see it before. I think Pierce Brosnan played a character like that in a legal movie. Anyway, yeah. point is... is I love that character, but this would have never happened in real life. That's the first thing that's a big glaring flaw. Yeah. And then. And by the way. Yeah. Demi Moore. Okay. When you read about this movie, we're saying she should have been lead counsel. Yeah. It's a. Here's the thing about the movie. There's kind of like this romantic thing going on between them, but not really. They go on a date, sort of, but not really. They Nothing ever happens in the movie. Right. Aaron Sorkin said that as he was writing this movie, one of the executives said to him, well, wait a second. If Demi Moore is not going to sleep with Tom Cruise, does her character need to be a man? No. She, a, a, a female lawyer can do other things besides sleep with the, Tom Cruise. the, 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 the male star. Yeah. yeah. And she that could was be a good, lawyer. Good move by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. yeah so in real, in real life, she would have probably been he probably should have made her. Yeah, he probably should have made her lead counsel. That would have gone even farther, but he made Tom Cruise lead counsel. They made Tom Cruise lead counsel. Oh, but let's just also let's take a step back. Let's just comment on the the crazy ancillary cast, like the supporting cast that they had, and like and how how big of names they were. So, yeah. So Jack Nicholson oh. played Colonel Jessup. He got paid five million dollars for ten days of work. Crazy. Why don't we get that? We're not Jack Nicholson. You don't know that. How about Kevin Bacon? He was also in this. I know. Kevin Bacon was played, played the, the prosecution. prosecution. The prosecution. Very good in the movie. Yeah. Demi Moore's in it. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Pollock. Kevin Pollock. I, I enjoy Kevin Pollock. So do you know who they were going to originally cast as Kevin Pollock's character? George from Seinfeld. George Costanza. I could have seen that. I could have seen it too. I think they would. They kind of look a little bit like. They, I could have seen him acting the same way. Yeah. Cuban, Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it. Made a little. What, where was he? He, oh. he was one of the witnesses. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was before Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And then his career just took off and then kind of faded down. I think I read today, isn't he get like arrested for something? <laughs> for I like think... in, in, touching a woman's breast in New York? Maybe. <laughs> Cuba, you're better than that. Uh, then, the so Code Red. Noah Wiley oh. from ER. Oh, true. Yeah, true. Keeper Sutherland, Jack oh, Bauer. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, wh- wh- where have you been? Keeper Sutherland, yeah. yeah love that. Aaron oh. Sorkin is actually- Oh, he made a, a cameo. cameo. He makes a cameo in a lot of his movies. Yeah, so this is good cut, good cast. Good cast. Obviously, uh, this is one of the reasons I like Yeah, so Code Red. This this one we have to discuss. You think it's real or not real? Well, I mean that there's no way for me to totally know because I haven't been in the military. Yeah. But from what I've been reading, that that a lot of former military say that there wasn't something known as a quote unquote code red, which they say is a hazing. Kind yeah, of but there were other things, other things that were similar to it. Like one thing that was known, and this still apparently doesn't happen today, but it's called blanket parties. So that sounds not what I think it is, which, which was like that sim- sounds disturbing and very sexual. Well, what they did from what it sounded like is they took they, they like t- tied someone up who needed discipline. Like a, a, some um, where are we going with this? Andy? And and they took like a blanket or a pillow and maybe put some uh, 
I'd rather they put some like onions in and stuff and then they hit the guy like multiple people like would hit the guy tied up first yeah. of all that is a waste of produce yeah. and would probably stink up the room i don't know if that's true or not but i think that's, that's false it, sounds yeah. i don't i would never do that uh but okay maybe uh look i was in the military i think i think aaron sorkin made probably a good editorial decision here to call it a code red instead of a blanket party. Yeah. So true. we're going to call it onion attack, <laughs> but we figured that wasn't a good thing. We're going to go with code red. Oh. Once we start with the trial, though, um, first thing with the opening statements, way too short. Yeah. I cover trials every day. These most, most opening statements last about 30 minutes, maybe even 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. Tom Cruise's is like 45 seconds. Kevin Bacon is like a minute and a half. This is a complex case. Yeah. This movie would be so boring, though, if you showed a full-length opening yeah. Sta- statement. Yeah. Imagine, like, how boring. If you have to go into the medical te- like testimony. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When they had an expert later on in the stand, this doctor, yeah. credentials take about 25 minutes. This is my expertise. This is my training. This is where I came from. And yeah. a witness like this case, he's like, I'm a doctor. Let's get let's get with it. Let's start. Let's start with this testimony. Yeah. So those two, those couple of things weren't entirely accurate. Another inaccuracy, uh, during a very famous scene in the movie, one that doctor's on the stand, Demi Moore stands up and she goes, I object to this witness's testimony coming in that should be inadmissible, blah, blah, blah. And the judge says, overruled. And she goes, well, Your Honor, I strenuously <laughs> object. And to which Tom Cruise later makes fun of her about saying that. And he goes, it's, you've, it's been noted. And she goes, I request an 802 co- conference so that we can talk about this. An 802 conference in military terms is this informal off the record conference between the attorneys and the judge. It's very common, but to deal with a really big substantive legal issue about witness testimony, it would have never came up in an 802 conference. That's an inaccuracy, number one. And number two, this strenuously object. First of all, yeah, she could have always, anybody could say that, but it really doesn't mean much. Well, there, there's been some case law that said, just to get really technical here, that an attorney sometimes lost a right to appeal on something if they didn't bring up the objection again. I know what you're looking at. Yeah. That was mostly about hearsay. Yeah. Not to get technical, yeah. when a statement has things like double hearsay, what they were basically saying, well, if you object to the first part of the hearsay, but you don't object to the second part, right. and you should have, then that part, then that statement could come in. I think this is a little different. Probably. I think that strenuously object thing was bogus. If you ask yeah, it was me. just meant to, be, to make it dramatic. Um, yeah. Another big thing that this is the okay, and I want to go into inaccuracies here. What they're charged with. Yeah. Let's go into that. They're charged with murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and then conduct unbecoming a Marine. Yep. First of all, this is my biggest glaring issue. At the end of the trial, they're found not guilty of murder. And basically, it makes sense to me. They never really established that they had the intent to kill this Marine. They went in there to haze him and he died. Why were they not charged with involuntary manslaughter? Why were they not? Why was the jury not instructed uh, for a lesser included of involuntary manslaughter? What that basically means is it's a killing that's unintentional, that is a result of reckless or criminal negligent behavior. They go into this guy's room, they stuff a rag down his mouth. Because of them, he dies. They shouldn't have done it. They would have been found guilty of manslaughter any day of the week. That's my first issue. Would you agree with me? Well, was it reckless even if they didn't know about his medical condition, which caused him to die? Yes. It was still reckless. Stuffing a rag down someone's throat and taping their mouth is pretty reckless But with with a normal person who didn't have the medical condition would have survived that. I would say but for them doing that, he would have been alive. 
and it's foreseeable that doing that it, could create can harm somebody, but would not possibly not kill them. Might harm them. I don't know what kind of like. But the prosecutor probably should have included it anyway, and it should charges. have been included. So Kevin Bacon probably yeah. effed up here. I don't know if people like are listening. Like oh, I do that on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> no, but um, I, I yeah, they would have easily been found guilty of manslaughter. Yeah. Then they are found guilty. Yes. Of conduct on becoming a marine. Yes, which that is not a real crime. There is a real crime called conduct unbecoming an officer, but there is no crime called conduct conduct unbecoming a marine. And let's say they did include the conduct becoming an officer charge, that would not work here because the two marines in this movie were not officers, so it wouldn't apply to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. Now let's get into the biggest inaccuracies of the movie, and this comes at the climax when Jack Nicholson, remember the base commander of Guantanamo Bay takes the stand. They call him as a rebuttal witness. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. I live 300 feet away from 1,000 Cubans who want to kill me every he day. He lives 3,000 miles away from 4,000 Cubans that want to kill him. Um, so they call him, and this whole line of testimony, while amazing to watch in a movie, yeah. is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. First... Tom Cruise is a, is is bullying the witness, badgering badgering him. the witness. He interrupts him never constantly, fly, yells fly. at him. Never would happen. Never would happen. But man, is it good to watch? You're not you're not allowed to to scream at witness. No, no. I mean, we see it done, yeah. but obviously but the it doesn't the, stand. The, the judge, there would be objections. The judge would would intervene. Yeah, wouldn't happen. Um, he also he he's Jack Nicholson himself is the worst witness of all time. A, he gives information he doesn't have to give. He opines about a lot of stuff. He speculates what other people are thinking and doing, which he doesn't have to do. Usually we see these kind of trails that you give yes, no, answers, very short. And then he goes on the longest monologue possible just to give everybody the idea yeah. of what he traps him in here. The way he traps Jack Nicholson, I will say, is brilliant. You have this esteemed colonel, and he's basically saying everyone fears him. Everyone follows his orders. Follows orders or people die. And he says that he ordered that Santiago, the Marine that got killed, was not to be touched. He was not to be harmed. But then he says later on that he ordered Santiago be transferred off the base, Guantanamo Bay, because he felt that his life was in danger. And Tom Cruise traps him and says, well, wait a second. If everyone follows your orders and your orders are always followed, why would it be necessary to transfer him off the base? And Jack Nicholson looks like a deer in the headlights and he gets caught and it's ultimately revealed that he, in fact, gave the order oh. to attack uh, Santiago. Hey. That was great to watch, but Jack Nicholson was the worst. He goes on this, this monologue. And then he confesses to the crime. Confesses to the crime. What kind of witness would do that? He would never do this. Would never happen. Never, never. Jack Nicholson, who this movie is like an esteemed colonel, yeah. gets all the way high to this ring. You think he's ever going to be tripped up? You think he was never in this position before? He gets on the stands like I'm just going to say everything I want to say. You're goddamn right, I am. But the, look, they in the movie they made it seem like this guy had such an ego. He hated what Tom Cruise represented that he just wanted to come out and show his dominance. Yeah, I ordered that code red. So yeah, so Tom Cruise says to him, "Did you order the code red?" And then Jeff Jessup says, "I run my unit how I run my unit." You want me to do You want I to would... investigate me? Roll the dice and take your chances. I eat breakfast 300 yards away from 4000 4, Cubans who are trained to kill me. So don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge and make me nervous. 
I think that was that wasn't even on the stand. That was when he was at Guantan. That was like when they had that lunch meeting. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it was. No, it was at the lunch meeting in, in Cuba. I remember this. Because then later on, Tom Cruise gets well, to impersonate uh, him. Uh, you stand there in your white uniform. <laughs> I eat breakfast 3,000 yards away from 4,000 cubits that want to kill me. So if you're going to stand <laughs> there and make me nervous. <laughs> and remember what he says about Demi Moore? Oh, yeah. What, he was like, Danny, you're the luckiest guy in the world. You get to wake up every day and salute a woman. Gentlemen, I tell you, there's nothing sexier than a woman you have to salute in the morning. Very sexist, yeah. yeah. And, then he, and then he goes, he goes my problem is, is I'm a colonel, so I'm, I'm going to have to start taking cold. I'll just have to keep taking cold showers <laughs> until they make some lady president. Do you think they would still be able to have those same lines today? No. Well, if they're trying to show how much of a bad guy he is, yeah. sure. Yeah. Movies still portray horrible people like that but anyway uh no witness on earth who's as intelligent as the character that jack nicholson is supposed to play would ever confess and to a crime yeah he wasn't even on trial no he had no reason to do that but then they take him away they arrest him yeah. right on the spot and he goes what is this i want to go back to my base and then he yells at tom cruise he gets arrested and they then, have a great showdown and then dawson and downey are Acquitted, but they get dishonorably discharged. Well, wait a second. Do you remember that little anti-Semitic remark Jack Nicholson makes during his tirade, during his monologue? What are you? He goes, you need me on that wall. Who's going to defend him? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? <laughs> he makes a little anti-Semitic jab right there. What the hell? Yeah, that's always a good one. Yeah. Um, also, did you notice when during that courtroom scene that Tom Cruise, before he really pushes Jack Nicholson, his lips turn white because he's so nervous? Really? Oh, Yeah. He's like Demi Moore had said to him earlier, if you don't think you're going to get a confession out of Jack Nicholson, don't push him. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And he can't get Jack Nicholson at first. And then he tries to get him and uh, he realizes he, he can't do it. And Jack Nicholson walks off the, sta the, the stand. He said, I'm not done. He goes, I'm not finished with my questioning. You want to keep me? <laughs> he goes, I don't know what kind of unit you're running here. And he says it to the judge. Anyway, so that was completely inaccurate. That would have never happened. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Kevin Bacon, who's the lead prosecutor? You think he would have let Jack Nicholson go on this monologue? No, he would have stopped him immediately. But no, but here's the thing. I think Kevin Bacon was a good guy in the movie. He yeah. was trying to protect Tom Cruise. Yeah. I think he also wanted to get to the bottom of what really happened to this Marine. So if he has this guy who's the mastermind of everything, Jack Nicholson confessing, at the end of the day. Man. And by the way. His confession, I don't think really say. I mean, would you say it saved Dawson and Downey, the two clients, Tom Cruise's clients? Because at the end of the day, uh, just because they were ordered to do that. Right. The, the, the charge is murder. Did you intend murder. to kill somebody? And I don't think they ever intended to kill. And then they have this expert on the stand who said, well, maybe the killing was a result of not the, the uh, rag being dipped in poison. But maybe that this Santiago guy had a heart condition and that the rag being stuffed in his mouth was. Uh, yeah, legally, I don't know if that's if it stands up like 
So, yeah. so what, Jack, that Jack Nicholson confessed? I think it was bigger the idea what Tom Cruise wanted to do was get Jack Nicholson incriminated, incriminate himself, yeah. show that he's the one who's the mastermind, yeah. and hopefully get some sympathy on the part of the jury to say these guys were just ordered to do this and they never intended to kill this guy. Yeah. That's what they were forced to do. Right. But again, I still think they should have been They were still dishonorably really discharged though, right? But yeah, but that charge, uh, conduct unbecoming Marine, Marine wasn't yeah, real. Wasn't they, so they're dishonorably discharged uh, in a dramatic fashion. Yeah. Um, so those are all the things that are inaccurate. I, so so one thing that was that was accurate was this trial happened very quickly, and this, yeah. this, this sometimes isn't the case in like typical criminal cases, but in, in the Marines and JAG, th- these cases tend to go to trial pretty quickly. So that that's something that was accurate in the movie. Yeah, uh, look, a lot of the terms they use are accurate. Uh, some of the procedure is accurate. I, I think even I read that the way they're dressed is accurate. The judges, in terms of this level of, of, of a, a JAG trial, don't wear ropes. Right. Yeah. So there are, things, there are aspects of it that were accurate, but all in all, it was movie movie making. Yeah. Yeah. It still gave you a good glimpse of like how what it's like to be a JAG attorney. Um, you think? Yeah, I mean, I did a decent for a movie. Like, you can't, it, the movie would be boring if it was uh, entirely accurate, but. I don't think it's entirely accurate about what being a lawyer is like, though. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, when I started my law firm, trust me, it wasn't that. I was like, when do I get to court and start arguing? Eight years. Yeah, twenty-seven years. Um, Is that about what were your uh, what were your favorite lines in the movie? I have a lot of favorite lines in this yeah. movie. My favorite, though, yeah. my favorite part. Is do you remember when he grabs the the manual from Kevin Bacon? So there's a part where he's okay. Kevin Bacon's trying to establish there's no such thing as code reds, yeah. and he's like, "Can you show me to one of the the Marines? Can you show me in this manual where it talks about code reds and where it's your duty to give a code red?" He goes, "Sir, it's not in there." Oh, but certainly it must be in this book. Well, no, sir, it's it's not there. And how do you know that what your duty is is to give code reds if it's not in the book? So after that witness. Kevin Bacon's walking back to his seat with the manual. Tom Cruise walks past, grabs the manual from his hand. He goes, can you show me where the mess hall is? And he goes, sir, it won't be in this book. But sir, are you telling me that you haven't eaten in your four years as being a Marine? He goes, no, I've eaten every day, three square meals. He goes, well, how do you know where the mess hall is if it's not in the book? That's (laughs) my favorite part. I I, I like when they arrest Colonel Jessup and then Kathy goes over to him and he's like, I'm a lawyer and an officer in the United States Marine Corps, and you're under arrest, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't you wish you could say that one day? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, like when you're at the at Starbucks, uh, and Andrew, like, is this uh, iced coffee? And then you go, <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'm, iced coffee. My name is Andrew, and I'm a lawyer at Long Crime, and this is my coffee, you son of a bitch. <laughs> or you're under arrest. You're under arrest, you yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, you go into an Uber, uh, Andrew. My name is that. Where are you going? Okay, pick it up for Andrew. How you get in the car? And you say, "My name is Andrew." <laughs> yeah, and and I'm a lawyer, long crime, <laughs> and you're under arrest, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Doesn't it apply for everything? Yeah, I think it would be great. Yeah, yeah. What does he say to Tom Cruise when he gets arrested? That's a great line. Do you remember that? He he's getting so he gets arrested in the middle of open court, which again I would love for long crime to have a trial like that. He gets arrested in open court. He's surrounded by different uh, military officers who are yeah. about to arrest him. And he tries to attack Tom Cruise. Do you oh, remember what he says? What does he say? What the hell is this? 
Colonel, what's going on? I did my job, I do it again. I'm gonna get on a plane and go on back to my base. You're not going anywhere, Colonel. MPs guard the Colonel. Yes, sir. Captain Ross. What the hell is this? Colonel Jessup, you have the right to remain silent. Any statement I'm being charged with a crime. Trial by court is that what this is? Or administrative I'm being charged with a crime? Right to consult with a lawyer prior to any further questioning. This is funny. This lawyer may be a civilian That's what lawyer this is. by you at this your is... own expense. I'm gonna rip the eyes out of your head and piss at your dead skull! You fucked with the wrong Marine! Colonel Jessup, do you understand these rights as I've just read them to you? You fucking people. You have no idea how to defend a nation. All you did was weaken a country today, Kathy. That's all you did. You put people's lives in danger. Sweet dreams, son. Don't call me son. Ooh. I'm a lawyer and an officer in the United States Navy. That was a great line. And now here's the You're funny thing about Jack Nicholson in this movie. Bitch. His famous speech, not that one, the one that he does a famous monologue of, he gave that 40 to 50 times at full intensity. Oh, yeah, he must have been so tired. He, he, he said he loves acting. Yeah. They had to shoot, obviously, the reaction shots from the different actors, different angles. He kept doing it over and over and okay. over again, but the same. They said what you saw in the movie was the same thing he did. You, you think that's the most famous line from the movie? You can't handle the truth. It's, one, it's, it's a gotta classic be, It's got to be the most famous line. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, dude, where's my car? Same kind of thing. Same kind same of exact, exact, Same exact. Same exact. Make it up. He can't refuse. Say hello to my love friend. You're just quoting every famous line now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one of those famous lines. Uh -huh. I wonder if when they did it, they knew it was going to be that famous. Um, well, the play was successful at this time, right? Like, yeah. So they knew that the play had some leg, so they were turning it into a movie. And Sorkin wrote the play, too. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin wrote Classic the play. Classic Sorkin. Amba, you got to watch this movie. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't watched this, Amba. That's yeah. crazy. I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> this is awful. It came out before you were born. Okay. So watch watch it still. <laughs> yeah. I watched The Godfather. That came out way before I was born. Yeah. I watched um, Citizen Kane. That came out like before my parents were born. You know who else they were, hope, they were trying to get for Demi Moore? Who? Linda Hamilton or Jodie Foster. So Terminator... Or Panic Room. Interesting. That <laughs> Panic Room is the, is the movie that you're referencing for Jodie Foster. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Who uh, do you think could have played Tom Cruise instead of Tom Cruise? Oh. Uh, well, maybe Rob Lowe. I think didn't he do that in a play? Maybe, but he, Rob Lowe could have done it. Rob yeah. Lowe could have done it. I'm thinking of young actors in 1992. Uh, I don't remember a lot of Matt Damon. Could he have done it? Matt Damon was a, too young. Too young. Too young. Too young. Don't ever speak to me like that <laughs> brad pitt no i don't john depp no 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 i don't think he could have done it mm, who else is in there robert downey jr maybe, mm -mm. maybe. he would have been good this was probably during his like down, yeah down phase yeah he wasn't in a courtroom movie he was actually in court <laughs> yeah. uh who else is in their 50s now would have been a good i'm trying to think um <laughs> and norton could he have done it I don't want it. She's too young. Then, no. I don't want him doing it. No. Okay. Uh, let me look up actors in their fifties real quick, and we'll just see who I think might be good. Actors. John Stamos. Oh, <laughs> been great. I don't know if he could deliver it though. 
Um, 75 best actors age 30 to 50. George Clooney? No. Oh, Alec Baldwin. No. No? No. Not him? No. Tom Hanks? No. No. I think he's too old. I think Tom Hanks is still older than Tom Clooney. What about Denzel Washington? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Could have done it. Christian Bale was too young. Um, uh, how about Nicolas Cage? Interesting. It would have <laughs> would have changed. <laughs> that would have changed the dynamic. I want the truth. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Too young. I want the truth. Actually, he's in his fifties. Keanu Reeves. Um, he, yeah. could, he might be might have been able to do he it. He would have been able to do yeah, it. Yeah. I like Clive Owen, but that would have made no sense because he's English. Well, he could put an accent on. He's not as his English accent is just not as terrific as other people. No. Okay. Um, and that uh, maybe Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I want the truth. You want the truth. We all want the truth. Um. Yeah, I think I think they made a good decision with Tom Cruise. All right. Yeah. How, how, how do you think um, this movie, like on a scale of one to ten? How would you rank this from like a legal accuracy pers- perspective? Legal accuracy, ten being the most, ten being accurate. the best, hundred percent accurate. Uh, seven. Oh, it's pretty high, higher than I thought. Yeah, I mean they get certain things right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Six point five. Yeah, six, I would say. Six, I'll go six point five. Six point five. Six point six for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, around around that. Like generally, I feel like the, the, they got the vibe, the. Yeah, I like how they wear their whites and the grays. Yeah, and the... they rushed through a trial. <laughs> yeah, a lot of technicalities they missed. Yeah, and they kind of bended some rules. But I'll go with six point six. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. Could be could be another movie. Could be another movie. Could be a story. We'll we see. do everything here. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Thanks. Mm-hmm.